0: in today's episode of the Sixers beat rich and i go over what the Sixers did on the opening day of free agency talking about pj tucker daniel house and Trevlin queen breaking down their strengths and their weaknesses and how they fit with the Sixers and going over where that leaves them for the rest of the offseason enjoy the podcast All right, welcome everybody. This is Derek Bodner, joined by Rich Hoffman on the Sixers Beat, a part of the Athletics Podcast Network. So, the Sixers handed out a little bit of money here tonight. P.J. Tucker uh, got a little bit more money today. Yeah. Daniel House got a little bit more money today. Trevlin Queen got a little bit of money today. Look at
1: real, I mean a lot of money in general, but compared to the first two people you talked about, a little bit of
0: money. Correct. Uh, You know who didn't get any money today, officially? James Harden. so i I guess going over the contracts pj tucker got a three-year 33 million dollar contract fully guaranteed it was the non-taxpayer mid-level exception that we have been talking about for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks a lot of reporting earlier in the basically previous two weeks that he was going to get a three-year 30 million dollars previous reporting that only 27 of that would be guaranteed that was all i mean it was mostly correct because of years and the amount was close but not exactly right came out a little higher than that and fully guaranteed the usage of the biannual exception which is a smaller 4.1 million dollar contract was something we mostly didn't talk about because up until about 36 hours ago we didn't expect james harden to take this big of a discount so that went to daniel house and then i mean and queen is someone that wasn't even on our radar Uh, maybe he should have been because he tore up. The blue coats in the G League, but he was not someone that we had our eyes and ears on. I guess we sort of have to start with how this was all became possible. And that's with James James Harden. Now he has not signed. That is little more than a formality at this point, but it doesn't sound like he's gonna sign this weekend. But what we do know is that he took a pretty massive pay cut. I think right now my numbers say you'd have to take at least $38 million to fit all of this in under the apron, which they are now hard-capped at because they used both the non-taxpayer mid-level and the biannual exception. So they have to stay under the $157 million apron. And in order to do that, James Harden would have to take a contract that starts at $38 million or less. There's a little bit of wiggle room there because they have some players here who are on non-guaranteed contracts. Um, Charles Bassie's on a non-guaranteed contract. Isaiah Joe now Trevlin' Queen, there's a little bit of wiggle room there, but somewhere in the mid $30 million range. And I think when you, and I I have my suspicions, but that could change depending on what the Sixers do here over the next couple of days. And when you and I sat down here, maybe like two weeks ago, I want to say, I think what we said was best case scenario was three years, $100 million. We said probably more realistic, $120, $130, $140 million, but best case was sort of like a three-year framework in the mid $30 million range. And we did sit here and say, I don't know how much leverage James Harden has to get significantly more than that, but we worried that it might get higher than that for various reasons. So I think when you and I sit here and look at this, this has to be pretty close to the best case scenario, doesn't it?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what that number comes out to be. We'll see how many years are tacked on yep. that. If they, they add a
0: little money on the end of it. Sham Sharani, did mention a possibility of basically a one plus one where he could become a free agent again next year.
1: Yeah. So they, like we will have to see what the details are on that. I believe there have been other reports that it's a three year deal yep. in the, in the mid 30 million dollars, which I think that's been pretty consistent the whole time. But, Let's be real. The reporting on this for a while was that he was going to opt into his player option.
0: Up until until Wednesday morning, the reporting was that he was going to opt into the player option and then extend for two years.
1: And look, it became, like you mentioned this earlier, it became very clear that something was going to have to give. Because this P.J. Tucker reporting that Mark Stein started a few weeks ago uh, and Keith Pompey also had, it, it was... It was going to happen. So if that was going to happen, something had to give. Like there yep. there was gonna be a trade of some sort, or James Harden was gonna chop some money off of his uh twenty two, twenty-three cap hit, and that is what has happened. I don't want to I don't want to say I think people are maybe a little bit too quick on the Harden is doing this for the team. I just want to see what the final terms are on yeah. the end of this. But look like he he could have just opted into his salary, and if you you mentioned like if it's a one plus one, he's a free agent next year, he could have just taken forty seven million dollars and bet on himself to to get a big contract for him to take less money this year, and you mentioned the apron, there could be some other trades that create a little more space. We'll see again, not a lot of assets to uh to move around, but yeah, certainly could be some other trades. He's got to make less money than that in his first year, and he's probably got to make a few million less dollars. You can't be right up against that thing; no. like you need a little bit of wiggle room. So, for that to happen, for the Sixers to add two rotation players, um, it, it's a big deal. And I, I'll just finish by saying this is kind of what I'm. I already just wrote about. It's in the the editing stage at the Athletic. I, I really think the game six exit interview slash uh, post game press conference from Embiid and Harden was more telling than you thought. Like you have Harden saying he'll do whatever it takes to build a championship team. (laughs) Now, look, he might, he might be getting more money on the end of it, but he at least worked with the Sixers to get this done on the first year of this. And And then then you got Embiid publicly
0: standing for PJ Tucker, PJ
1: Tucker and tough players and wings. And that is exactly what happened. And they're in lockstep with each other. The first thing got him. The second thing. So it's a, we'll get into whether it's good or not, you know, whether, um, you know, what, what the Sixers are trying to do here. But I, I do think the act of Harden opting out was, I, I think that that worked out for the Sixers for sure.
0: Look, and I think there's been some people really pushing back on Harden taking less money and saying, well, he's getting more guaranteed. Here's no, what I'll say. No. Here's what I'll say. First of all, if it does end up being a one plus one, this is part of the reason why we should really withhold our commentary too much one way or the other on the virtue of James Harden giving up money. If he doesn't end up taking a one plus one, he's, he's risking a lot of money because if he opts out after this year to hit the free agency again next year, he could have just taken that $47.4 million option, been in the same place as a free agent next summer. So if it is, it doesn't end up being structured as a one plus one. He did legitimately just cost the Sixers or cost himself $10 million or whatever it ends up being. So the Sixers could go out and build a deeper team. But even if it is, Let's say there wasn't a market out there for him to get more than, let's say he ends up signing three years, $110 million or whatever. Let's say there wasn't a market for him to get better than that. I'm not sure. I think they're probably, he's, he is still James Harden as much as we might, but maybe there wasn't a market for him to get out there. But he could have held out as long as possible to try to squeeze the Sixers for every dollar they could. And if he holds out and doesn't agree to that massive pay cut, and we have to go into July 5th, July 7th, July 10th, and he won't agree because he's holding out for more and more and more. God imagine how horrible that
1: would have well, been. Well, you don't us get too. PJ Ugh.
0: Tucker. You don't get even if you have the money oh, yeah. at the end of it, you don't get I'm Daniel forgetting House. about them.
1: I'm just talking about us. But yeah, you're right. Keep making your point. But man, thank th- God is, this he got He has, done has to
0: have this agreed upon in place before it. I, I know nobody tampers. He has to have this agreed upon and, and relayed to them beforehand that he and he has to basically give up the week or two or three that he could have tried push for leverage to get every dollar they could. By agreeing this early, agreeing to a below market deal early, he gives them the chance to go out there and be, I mean, look, when you, you and I have Woj and Shams and a couple other people on notifications, the Sixers moves with House and Tucker were some of the first notifications we got all day. They can't be that aggressive if they're still negotiating, negotiating, excuse me, we're doing this late at night, and haggling with James Harden because he feels like he is a superstar who should get every dollar he's owed. He's owed. And for him to agree to that early on in the process, it allowed them to be aggressive. It's, it's I think you have to credit him. Even if, I mean, look, you and yeah. I, two weeks ago, go back to it. We said, we don't know how much leverage this guy actually has. You should play a little bit of hardball with him. The fact that you didn't really have to play hardball with him and he just agreed to it right off the bat, it really helped the Sixers.
1: Look, we'll see. Will there be a catch with the the guaranteed money at the end of it? There could like be you a said.
0: fourth year, like $10 million guaranteed. Yep, something like that. We'll see. But, it is. I do think there
1: is like a a certain Philadelphia sports fan who like who I like. Like I, I think generally is like smart, but we're preconditioned to negativity to the point where no, I think something. No. And and they they try to take the opposite opinion just to to be contrarian. And I think this was good news, like, for the most part. I think what, what happened here was something like the best-case scenario. And when we talked about this a, a few weeks ago, we brought up, like, are, are there going to be hurt feelings here? You know, this is—is is he just going to want to take the money? Like, this is—these are human beings that we're talking about. Oh, Shams bomb, Andre Drummond finalizing a deal with the Chicago Bulls. <sighs> There was a rumor he was coming
0: back today. There was. Did you like? I think the the maybe not the first one because the first one came out an hour before free agency, which we'll see how that plays out. But I think it was maybe the first one after six p.m. was or second or third one, real close to the beginning was DeAndre Jordan. And oh my god, when I got that notification, I had a mild oh. panic attack. Yeah, let's
1: let's talk about that for thirty seconds. Oh the, God! Can you believe how quickly and Denver did it? Yeah, like I don't. I know. I know. There's not. There there aren't two Jokic's, but man, could you <laughs> could you go from a skill level drop off like it, that's that goes from ninety nine <laughs> to zero on the on the skill level? It's pretty bizarre.
0: Yeah, it would be and, like if we had Zach Lowe on his podcast, then he turned it over to us. You know.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I, I read a piece the other day about Denver's bench being a uh, being weakened with that two for one, essentially two for one. Good for Ish getting uh, to the 15th team he's on, but two for one trade. 13, the, I
0: think it's only 13, which is no. an NBA record.
1: Yeah, and two, two two stints with the Sixers as well. But yeah, I've heard about their the, the I second about one their,
0: under protest, but we don't have to get into that one.
1: I read about their bench being weakened, and man, if that's uh, if that's another member of their bench, uh oh, that's not great. Okay, but yeah, but I, I do think there is a class of fan that just is, is bracing for. The negativity. And I, I think for Harden to do that was something that I, I didn't, I don't take that for granted. Like, that's not something we knew was going to happen. Like, let's be real too. Even if he does get another year ta- or, you know, some extra money tacked on, or there's some other thing for him here. W- when has James Harden ever had the team first mentality? You know, like when he just, he, he got criticized for quitting on two teams. By the way, the second team he quit on, it looks like he got out of there at exactly <laughs> yeah. the right time. Yep, Yes, it <laughs> uh, does. So, yeah, it's it's weird that the Sixers are... Look, it, I don't want to pretend everything's perfect here, but the fact that they're having a pretty normal offseason and they're making just depth moves that seem to make sense and they seem to have a pretty straightforward plan with these physical, quote-unquote, tough 3 and D type players catch and shoot three point. Guys, uh, it's a uh, it's a weird feeling. I mean, it's cool. I mean, we're we're here at ten o'clock for free agency. I'm I'm drinking a beer right now. I'm doing the Zach. Lo- oh shit! One beer, and uh, you know it's it's funny. I was I, I was drinking this. I, I had a bunch of old beers in my fridge, and uh, I just I was wondering whether to go with the founders that I believe the Sixers gave me yeah. or a Miller Light. And I I, I these Mil- I would rather have a Miller Light. I think. But they're so old, I just didn't trust it, and <laughs> so so I went with the founders, and it's you know it's okay.
0: I What's your even, favorite light beer of the three? Of
1: the I three, I don't things? really
0: drink a whole lot of beer. I truthfully no? don't. If I had to pick one, like it would probably be Miller Light of like the mainstream. Yeah, runs.
1: all right. I, I get in a lot of arguments with my friends over the three main domestic beers: no, Mi- have, Miller, Miller Coors, and Bud.
0: They are all acceptable, and I don't have any stronger of a liking for any three of them than that.
1: Clearly, I haven't drank enough of them. Then, <laughs> th- Let me put it this
0: way. In college, I was strictly Miller Lite. Yeah, alright. But I'm not in college anymore. Not by a long shot. Anyway, that is not my area of expertise. Uh, where were we going? You still uh,
1: have the right opinion, though.
0: <laughs> I guess, is there any one of these that surprised you the most? Because I think if you looked... Well, I mean, I know which one surprised you the most. We weren't even thinking about Queen. That one's a little bit of a gambit, but we'll see how that works out.
1: I mean, we know which one surprises the most—House, because Tucker. We
0: knew was happening. Yeah, but I mean, I guess dollars and cents wise, years wise, how do you feel about the Tucker one? Let's start off with that.
1: Okay, yeah. Let's let's get into PJ Tucker because I think, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there, right? Uh, so I'll say this: th- this would be the way I would phrase how I feel about it. If you get the guy that played against the Sixers in the playoffs last year, I think it is a great move. It, it is a legitimately great move. I don't know if you're going to get that guy because last time I checked, P.J. Tucker is going to turn 38 in next year's playoffs. So I don't know. But I, so I, I would say, and a lot, a lot of people kind of fight back on the toughness. It's like, why, well, you know, let's get a good player in here. Like, let's get some skill. I think the toughness part is an intangible quality that we could argue about for a long time. Here is something that is not an intangible quality. This team, all of last season, when Ben Simmons was sitting out and then after they traded Ben Simmons for James Harden, they had one massive weakness against these apex predator wings. They had nothing. nobody. Yep. Nothing. It was, I mean, I always talk about the, the time they put Seth Curry on Jalen Brown in Boston (sighs) Because he was their second best option in the starting lineup, which, by the way, they won that game. That's just how weird the Boston Celtics were this year. Uh, I mean, that was part of it. And then you got to the playoffs, and Tobias Harris is your stopper. And look, I I think he deserves a lot of credit for embracing that role a lot. We'll see if he keeps embracing kind of a, a diminished role or something else happens. But if he's your stopper, you got nothing. You you got nothing. You got Jimmy Butler making fun of you on the way out. So, is PJ Tucker going to be able to stop Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler? I was going to say KD, but I don't know what conference he's going to be in next year. So, who knows? Might be a teammate. Yeah. Who knows? Um, I don't think the Sixers have enough. I don't think the Sixers do either. Yeah. I think that's. I I actually think KD would have some interest in playing.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. uh, yeah. I think he definitely likes and respects uh, Joel Embiid. It's just you know.
1: don't have enough, you've got and, two
0: things. You've got Tobias Harris, who's a negative value contract, and then you've got Tyrese Maxey. And Tyrese Maxey's great, but they don't have a single draft pick they can trade, and rebuilding teams usually want so draft picks. Not only that, the Nets have their draft
1: picks already, too. It's not even like all your draft picks are gone. It's like, we already got those things, yeah. man. Uh, so is P.J. Tucker going to be able to stop any one of those guys? No, but there there is a baseline. He will make
0: their life pretty freaking annoying or pretty there difficult.
1: A, absolutely. That's exactly where I was going. There is a baseline level of resistance you need to do to make those guys work, make their lives miserable, and hope that your three offensive stars—Embiid, Harden, Maxi—can put you over the top in a game. That's yeah. what the thing is here. And honestly, was there somebody with the uh, with the mid-level, the 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 big mid-level that was better for that? I, I don't think there was actually. I, I actually like. PJ Tucker's specific fit with this team. I, I get that he's a limited player, but I really like his fit and his skill set and how they don't, it does not overlap with the stars. So, yeah. And
0: look, I think when we have a better idea of how free agency around the league is going to shake out, we can have a better read on whether or not they had better options available with that full tax or non taxpayer mid level. I do think PJ Tucker is overpaid. If you're sitting here going, oh my God, three years for a guy who's going to be 40 at the end of it is terrifying. I agree. That's going to be a pretty, pretty, I mean, most free agent contracts, except for when you can lure a star away, are pretty terrifying. That's sort of the nature of, and by definition, free agency. Like you have to be willing to bid, not always because, you know, team needs and contention and all that stuff plays a factor, but usually you have to be willing to pay more money than the rest of the teams out there. Uh, and that makes these inherently pretty risky. And for Tucker, and with the aging curve he's on, and look, he might age a little better than other players in part because his game's not built on speed. In part because he hasn't played a lot of, well, for a thirty-seven-year-old, he hasn't played a ton of minutes because he came in the league pretty late. And that set shot—that's you know, plant yourself in the corner and shoot. He should be able to do that for a while.
1: Oh, that thing is so ugly.
0: <laughs> but it still should like he—it's a concern for sure but you're building for this year and next year and you need, and, and this is something we talked about with the cap spike and maybe retooling in three years in 2025, you need to maximize these three years while keeping the future, not completely compromised. And I think Tucker for what they need is a pretty good option. You can play a little small ball five. You can switch a little more than you have in the past. You get a little more, you know, spreading the floor. It is. an uh, for people, look, we've complained so much about their backup five options. It's nice to have somebody who can actually credibly play a little bit of backup five and spread the floor. I didn't even think about that. That's true, though. It's just another option to throw in there with b Paul and Charles Bassey.
1: It's a better bad option than they've had.
0: Yeah, it's not perfect, but it's better than yeah. George. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it it's a guy that your two best players won on the team. And look, if you're talking about Joel Embiid and keeping him here, and I don't think you should, I don't think getting the player that your star wants is always the right move because what your star wants is to win. And if those two aren't the same thing, then he might be happy now, but he won't be in a year when it doesn't work. But I think, I think PJ Tucker will do both. I think it's both a player that Joel Embiid respects and also one that will help them in the playoffs. And really, I think when you look at this, people are going to balk about, oh, what should be the starting lineup? Blah, 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 blah. Calm down. I don't think you necessarily want to start PJ Tucker in part because I think you need to keep him fresh for the playoffs. And he started a lot of games here, but you need to keep those minutes down. Um, so he is fresh for the playoffs. He, PJ Tucker is here to be a playoff player. And I think he will help them if he still can play at the level he did last year. I, I mean, if he can play at the level he did last year, I know it he can help them. The question is, can he do that for one year For two years? Probably not for three years, but hopefully you can get two years out of it. And again, look, there might end up being a better option out there for the full taxpayer, full full non-taxpayer. Blah, I've talked about this for a month and I'm still screwing up. There might end up being a better, more talented player out there that you could have gotten for the full non-tax player, but I think he is a pretty good fit.
2: As you all know by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using the BetMGM lines to make all our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use the bonus code TABasketball 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana... in Nevada and New York don't forget if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet use the bonus code TA basketball and you'll get a one year subscription to the athletic plus up to a $1,000 first bet offer on your first wager
1: I think he's an awesome fit and yeah there might be a player who exceeds expectations and has a higher upside but if it's somebody like did TJ Warren sign the night he's kind of the guy I was thinking of
0: yeah I don't I don't remember. Uh, first day of free agency is always a little bit of a whirlwind.
1: So we'll see. But that would be an example of somebody who I think is a lot riskier. A lot. I, yep. E- even with PJ's aging curve, I think TJ Warren's health is riskier. But also, Derek, I, I can't say too, like, I cannot say this enough. You do not need another 25 point per game score. You have guys that are going to put the ball in the basket. You you have you Tobias have four Harris guys
0: who can average 20 plus
1: who yeah. might complain that he's not running pick and rolls even when he's scoring 18 points a game on easy shots. Like y- you need somebody who is willing to handle
0: make a those, shot, those tough assignments, not get fucking destroyed defensively. That's what you need in role players. And you look at who they added. Melton, Tucker, House, those are three players who can do that. And when you look at like people look at House and oh, well, he was on three teams in the last a uh, year, He was on 210 days, blah, 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 blah. And to be honest, I'm a little surprised that Maury didn't sign him when he was available last year. Is he overpaid as well? Yeah, probably. But he's a, you look at the success that he had alongside James Harden in Houston. And you look at how James Harden can create open corner threes for these guys. He can make a spot up shot. He can defend credibly. And adding three players into your rotation who can do that is, I think, pretty significant. There's so many times on this, and I've realized all three of them are probably now not going to be able to shoot because that's a Sixers way, but there are so many times when you were looking at the bench, you're going, well, shit, this guy, he's, Furkan can't defend, and also he hasn't made a shot all year, and now you should have neither of those problems. It is good to get depth, and I think a lot of people are looking at it now and they're saying, well, that's great, but if James Harden isn't who we thought he was, then it doesn't matter and that's true to some degree. I don't think you're going to change that because Bradley Beal was staying in Washington. I always felt that was going to be the case. And outside of what happened with Kevin Durant, there really isn't a star available on the market. But I think what this leaves them with now is if James Harden can be better than he was last year and reclaim some of that gap between where he was in, you know, 20 or 2020 before the injury and where he was last year. If he can do that, if he can play better, if him playing alongside Joel Embiid for a longer period of time can help them you know, the, the synergy between them, you now have a better chance to take advantage of that. Whereas before, even if James Harden played better, I didn't think you had the depth to really contend. Now, if James Harden plays better, you have some of the depth where you can take advantage of that and be a team who can be a threat in the Eastern conference. And again, is that going to change the, is that going to matter if James Harden continues his decline? No, but I don't think there was any way to avoid that.
1: I, I feel like there was a lot of lessons learned and you're seeing them in these moves. You know, Maury said this, we're not sure about one-way players anymore. Look, again, may these guys not be able to shoot? Yeah, maybe they won't be able to shoot because it's the Sixers. But P.J. Tucker is a 36% shooter for his career from three. So is Daniel House. I forget what Melton is, but obviously over the last couple of years, he's hovered around that 40% mark. 39%
0: the last two years, yep.
1: And that looks like he has made a breakthrough with the catch-and-shoot stuff, in my opinion, from watching him all right, well, if those guys can shoot, I think they all can defend at, at a pretty decent level, and that's all you need. Like, limited guys who can just catch and shoot and bomb threes is what you need um, around those guys. So, yeah, I think uh, it, it's, it's kind of the opposite of, you know, I mentioned this, how two years ago they went for Danny Green and Seth Curry, and really their whole off-season thing was, Let's just get shooting around Ben Simmons and Embiid. Like, let's let's just get that. It's very clear that they were like, all right, now that we have Harden and we have an Ascendant Maxi here alongside Embiid, let's get the three and D type role players. Let's try and get deeper with that. And Harden taking the haircut has helped them do that. Uh uh like, let's just add something here too. You mentioned the playoff version of Tucker and and you need him for that. Let's say you can trust House, too. Like, we talked about how many players can you trust.
0: I think you can, by the way. Like, I think a lot of people looked at him and, oh, well, he shot poorly for the Rockets and the, you know, what he played a game with the Knicks or whatever, it doesn't matter. But he shot poorly with the Rockets before going to the Jazz. I think when you look at it, he shot, in the three years he spent with James Harden in Houston, he shot 37% on high volume. Well over 50% of his attempts from three. uh, Well over 50% of his field goal attempts were from three, he shot 37%. He goes hard and leaves. He shoots 34%. Comes back to Houston this past year. Shoots 29% from three. Goes to Utah. Shoots 42% from three. Do I think any of that is a coincidence? No. I think he is a spot-up catch-and-shoot shooter who needs somebody to create those looks. And when he was on, you know, the Rockets without James Harden, there wasn't anyone to really create those looks. So I think now that he's back and playing alongside James Harden and playing alongside Joel Embiid, he'll get better looks. He will look more like the... You know, house from you know 2018 and 2019, the one than the one you saw um, through periods.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm counting it right now: Harden, Harris, Embiid, Tucker, Melton, House, Maxi, maybe Milton, and one of the backup centers. It's eight and a half if you can get it right, and that you know that doesn't even count Thybul and Niang. Who look, I think there's going to be a pretty deep regular season team too. I you know when you add two guys who. I'm very confident they could fit in a regular season rotation. Yeah, I think Tucker has more value in a a postseason rotation where he can make those kind of tough winning plays. But this team's pretty deep, man. Like I I think they're... I agree. If they didn't make any other moves, if they just signed Harden and and kept this team, I think this is going to be like a 53-54 win team just just right away. like I think they're going to win a shit ton of regular season games and do it kind of stress-free too you know like last year there was a lot of leaning on joel there was a lot of leaning on seth curry early on and then you know then when harden got here it became a little bit easier i would say now i think this team is pretty deep and that's what uh that's what harden has done for you a little less so in the postseason you need your role players like house and melton to step up but i don't know I, i think from the like the very few resources that the sixers got I don't know. I, I think they did pretty well. I, yeah. I, I like I what they're doing. I,
0: it's what we asked of them too. You know, it's, I think there's just so much said of star hunting. And so every time I went on the radio, I had to talk about Bradley Beal. I'm like, he's staying in Washington. Why are we talking about that? Also,
1: he's also, he's not a star. Like, let's, I'm, I'm <laughs> he's
0: overrated. I agree. But I, like, I think so many people got it in their head that they're going to trade for another star. And I just don't think that was real. I and mean, you go back to what we said a couple, probably like right after the season, I think what they need to focus on this summer is depth. And maybe eventually that can then be relayed into a star if one becomes available. But right now, I think they need to focus on depth and and mid-sized contracts. I think they did a pretty good job of it. And again, they're what we asked. Yeah. Yeah. And again, their championship equity is going to be driven by Joel Embiid's health, Tyrese Maxey's growth, and James Harden getting back to what he was. That's 100% true. But they are better positioned to capitalize on that if any of those things do happen. I just
1: going into another playoff series where they had nobody to guard Tatum, nobody to guard Durant, nobody to guard Brown, you're probably not gonna win. I, I don't really care who your stars are. That if you have just such limited players, and by the way, Danny Green was a good wing, not good enough to do it. Just just not. PJ Tucker, better one on one defender than him against those guys. So Yeah, I you know, I'm fairly optimistic about what they've done. Like, I think they're they got to figure some stuff out and obviously Harden getting back to that level is the biggest thing for next season. But I think what they've done is pretty good. It would be funny. Uh, I don't want to hear Embiid in a couple of years be like, man, we signed PJ Tucker when he was 37 with year nah, deal. This is your guy.
0: This is that your was guy. a dumb,
1: that was a dumb move. Yeah. I think that was bad. Like he did with the Butler and Simmons thing. I don't know. Uh, maybe he would be feuding with Harden in that, uh, In that scenario. But yeah, like like you said, too, also you get his guy and help him out. So yeah, like, look, it's like a couple of years ago where these are not sexy moves. In my opinion, these are not going to, uh, going to lead ESPN.com or, or whatever. But I don't know. I I think Daryl Morey has a pretty good feel for fit. I trust him because of what he did a couple of years ago when he put Danny Green, Seth Curry around those guys and, I don't know. On paper, it seems like it makes sense to me with these guys.
0: Before you had a team built around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and now you have one built around James Harden and Joel Embiid. And I think this one fits the current skill sets of your stars much better. Much better. Again, that doesn't mean that they're perfect. Like, I think House and Tucker are both overpaid. Yeah. I think when you, I think Daniel House is one of those guys who has just enough of a handle to really fuck up. Like, I think you're going to watch him try to do too much, and he's probably going to sh- frustrate you at times. But he can fill a catch-and-shoot, 3-and-D role at a size and a position they didn't have before.
1: Yeah, I-, I think they've done well. Let's uh, let's take a quick aside here. What do you make of this whole KD mess?
0: It's going to be fascinating, because the funny thing is, and this is something that Bobby Marks of-, of ESPN was pointing out a lot, Ben Simmons is getting in the way of them getting back what they want, like because <laughs> they can't take on... Another designated rookie extension guy that limits them quite a bit, especially when you're a rebuilding team like they will be if they trade Kevin Durant. So, I wonder if you know, if I'm Brooklyn right now, I'm saying we're not trading him now. Give us some time, maybe that's the rest of the summer. Look to move Ben Simmons, even if you're getting 25 cents on the dollar, look to move him so you can maximize a KD return or at least just wait until some team really ponies up because you can't trade him for not great return. And right now I'm we'll see where this, this all came about and I don't want to react too much now, but it is uh man. It's just, it's just crazy what happened with that big three. You know, you look back on it, a global pandemic unleashes Kyrie Irving's inner conspiracy theorist, which torpedoes a season. James Harden gets the first real injury of his career. And next thing you know, you're looking at Ben Simmons, uh, on again, off again, Kyrie Irving and, who knows what else as a Brooklyn Nets? It's just a... I, I, I feel like this phrase is used too much, but that 30 for 31 day is going to be fucking amazing. It's going to be amazing.
1: They should air it back to back with the process. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I, I just... It'll be interesting to see
0: what they It was they just get. real funny because like after Kyrie Irving said, all right, I'm coming back, everyone thought like, all right, well, that's it. Kevin Randall was still like, no, I'm done. I'm, I can't. I can't. I can't. I <sighs> can't. I I can't wait until he comments on this. Has he tweeted I don't follow him on Twitter because he just does a little too much arguing with fans. Has he tweeted about this yet? I haven't been checking.
1: I don't think so. I think he's been been quiet about this (laughs) on this day, which probably is pretty hard for him. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Because it's a smart thing to do. He likes to argue with the fans. So yeah, I'll be very curious to see. I mean you know, you, you hear all these people say that a package for Kevin Durant is going to be the, the biggest trade package of all time. And I mean, logically I think yes, but when I hear, like I I heard on low post the other day, they were like, or Zach Lowe was like, I'm starting with Scotty Barnes. And I'm thinking like start starting with Scotty Barnes. I like Scotty Barnes, but man, I, I get it. He's under a rookie contract for three more years. So it it would probably be Scotty Barnes and everything that Toronto has draft wise for, the rest of time until they can uh and that that is anymore. that
0: is really where the sixers come up short like they just yeah. can't trade draft picks relegated to a couple of swaps maybe but you're not going to swap because sixers are going to have the worst pick man so it's not
1: houston has a chance if if they hit on some of these picks they have a chance to uh be pretty damn good oh yeah just...
0: rafael stones having a party right now he's 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 happy as hell
1: and it's unbelievable that he's having a party after I mean, Brooklyn, if Harden and Irving, if just one of them stays healthy in the 2021 playoffs, they're cruising. They're cruising to a title. They're like laughing their way to a championship. If all three of them are there, like we're talking faux 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 type shit. I mean, that was. And now they're not there anymore because of because of Kyrie Irving, if we're being honest. But yeah, it's just uh, that's why these
0: draft pick these draft picks are being traded around like they're, you know, Monopoly money. And sometimes it works out right. Drew Holiday. Gets them a championship. Giannis is there for a long time, works out fine. Other times it ends up being like, you know, James Harden in Brooklyn, and you just it's really tough to predict which way it's gonna go. Which makes stuff like the DeJounte Murray stuff like it's a little bit surprising and a little bit risky. DeJounte Murray. I mean three first round picks. How about Brett
1: going back to San Antonio?
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: Makes makes sense, but yeah. It does make sense.
0: I think would, this is, I think today was probably like the last day of his contract with the Sixers. So the timing of it also makes sense. Yeah. You don't want to give up that contract, go be an assistant. What doesn't?
1: No, no. Enjoy, he enjoyed his life over the past couple of years and endured uh, it. So yeah, I just think it's crazy to watch all of this chaos and it not be the Sixers. I mean, <laughs> I don't think the Sixers ever really reached this level of chaos they had.
0: Uh, I mean, Burnergate was pretty fucking weird. That was it pretty was, chaotic.
1: It was pretty weird, and the Sixers really—it it wasn't was a, really
0: with the players, though. It was different. It was different.
1: No, it was just crazy stuff happening to the organization at different levels, and it was just over such a prolonged period of time. But I be right. Burnergate is up there. folks forgetting how to shoot is all. We we can go down the list. All that stuff. But I would say, in terms of like the central players, yeah, we're talking about a bunch of like sevens and eights the nets have been on like a 15 out of 10 crazy for like a year now i mean just pretty pretty insane stuff so yeah just then uh, again
0: ben simmons holding out for an entire year when nobody's ever really done that was pretty crazy too and that wasn't that long ago that yeah. doesn't it doesn't reach this level i agree with you there but
1: by the way when is the new when when is the cba up
0: 24 i think
1: man <laughs> We will not have a job that year.
0: <laughs> I think there could be a holdout. Yeah. <laughs> Don't all go unsubscribe at once, but I think there could be a, uh, could be a little bit of time off.
1: No, we got it. You, you'll forget about it in a couple of years when it happens, but man, is, <laughs> is there going to be the lockout of all lockouts and a man, these contracts are going to look completely different after this. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And, and the league is definitely watching anyway. Uh, anything else that we should sort of hit on here? I think we'll probably have another podcast here during free agency to, I guess, be a little more structured.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just weird because Harden opting out, we know that he's going to have a lower salary, but we don't know what it's going to entail. Yep. We don't know if there are any other moves on the roster. But here, here's one other point I made in the past couple of days, too. Daryl Morey, this is a different way of building a team then he has done this over the past few years because, and I think he was right to say this when the Sixers were, were lacking a little bit of depth, they didn't use their mid-level exception in 2020. Darryl Morey's answer was, Oh, we didn't really like what was out there. And the biggest mistake he saw at that time was that people tried to make their team by the first game. And you have a full year to evaluate, adjust, do all those things. And I think that's right. And obviously wasn't like the Sixers struggled in the regular season that year. They were the number one seed. When you are hard capped, you basically have to build your team. Yeah. In the, in the offseason. Now look.
0: And I think be- with I, with the hard cap, I think the knowing that the Ben Simmons trade was looming, I think that very much factored into his complete unwillingness to be hard capped. Um,
1: and this was before that, though. That was, oh, maybe. Are maybe oh, you talking about he, two years ago? Yeah.
0: But I, <laughs> he was star hunting. He was James Harden hunting at that point.
1: So now they have to build their team. You know, maybe there are a couple trades that happen later here, but when Harden signs that contract, the Sixers are basically going to have their team. Yeah. Could there be a move that happens in the regular season? Could there be like a minimum signing or a little small trade? I I think so. But my bet would be that is your team. Just because like we said, the hard cap is restrictive. Can't go over it. Can't trade big salaries. You would have to, uh, you would have to find a, a pretty perfect trading partner for uh for a big move to be made after that yeah. and you i don't you think
0: you have to trade you have to receive less money than you send out yeah yeah
1: and i don't think that's a bad thing but but it's just i wanted to note that it is different in how they have gone about this
0: yeah and i think i think that is a significant part of why james harden hasn't signed yet because you know i think if you're sitting here worried about why hasn't james harden signed first of all don't like they don't make those signings and agree to those contracts and and leak those contracts and talk, you know, real figures with those contracts. If they don't know that James Harden would be willing to sign for what it would take to get to give the Sixers enough room under the hard cap to make those contracts a reality, but it also means like it's not a secret how much room they have left under the apron. Like there's not much negotiating that would have to happen between James Harden and the Sixers to lock this in. I know I think it was Woj who said that they plan on meeting over the weekend to hash out these details. That meeting, whether it happened in person or not, has already happened. Otherwise, they wouldn't have have offered these contracts to Tucker and to House. My gut, and this is just gut, I wonder if they don't think that there's a chance that there's a trade out there that they could make, or at least a possibility. It doesn't mean that there's something like imminent or anything like that, but a possibility of a trade that they don't want to, agree to specific terms with Harden because that number of what they might have might change. And again, does that mean there's anything imminent? No, but I think they're keeping the Harden thing as their last move, just in case. So I kind of don't expect that to happen here in the next day or two, certainly, Um, because I think they're going to see what's out there.
1: And it just continues to hammer home the point that Harden is playing along with them. He is being... Whatever happens with this contract, at least on this part, he is being very cooperative. And like we said, I, I think they have made good use of that cooperation. Like they've actually gotten real stuff. and uh, Yeah. So that's where we are.
0: Sounds good. Thank you, Rich, for jumping on. And we will talk to you soon.
1: See you, man.